You are listening to the forecast from Four Fields of Anfield Road, the world's international LFC podcast. Congratulations! Pleased to get the the job done tonight. Yeah, um, it was important to get the three points, and I think it it was a tough game. Um, I think it was a lot tougher than than the first um, the first game against Marlborough, but we broke them down in the end, and we came away with three goals, three points, and a clean sheet, and we're delighted with that. Is it difficult when a team sets up quite defensively, and especially when after the first game everyone expects you to score a barrel load of football? Doesn't work quite like that. Yeah, um, I think this game they definitely came with a different game plan to to come and defend at, um, at home. But um, again, we broke it down. Um, eventually, um, it took us into the second half, but we eventually done it, and we we came away with three goals and three points. Defence very deep, looking to frustrate Liverpool. It's up to Liverpool to find a way through. That's towards Firmino, who did get the flick. Just couldn't guide the ball on target. Looks risky, he's giving the ball away and he's absolutely flattened James Milner. Play goes on, there's the run. Oxlade-Chamberlain, he's denied by Bielong. Oxlade-Chamberlain, decent ball, deflection, fine save. Goalkeeper did really, really well to spring that. Well, it is entirely Liverpool pressure on the edge of the penalty area now. Decent ball, Emre Can. Alexander-Arnold. And Salah! Oh, it's brilliant! What a finish by Mo Salah! I think he felt quite upset when he got taken off penalties. Back on them, and brilliantly denied by Handanovic. Well, here come Liverpool again, and Firmino! Andanovic is doing so, so well, isn't he? Emre Can. Lovely from Milner, Emre Can. Lovely Liverpool goal. And Liverpool get their second at last. That has been coming. Milic with the strike. Wonderful effort. He caught that really well. Moreno. It comes to Sturridge. Wraps it up, Daniel Sturridge. Boy, tell me honestly, was it real or just for show? Yeah. She said, save your apologies. Baby, I just gotta know. How long has this been going on? You've been creeping around on me while you're calling me. Hi, I'm Eric 
from 4, um, that is Fields of Enfield Road. You can find us at uh, foresight.com, that's F-O-A-R, site.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, have a look, have a, have a read. Um, for every game, we uh, we have this, this live game cafe. We, uh, we do preview shows, um, we do uh, reaction shows. Um, at several times uh, around the international uh, break, we do these shows called The Ramble, um, where we discuss various topics um, closely related to, um, uh, to, to to Liverpool, but also uh, a bit about you know our competitors and well contenders or something like uh, like Everton. Um, hi, across the park. Um, Tonight I am joined by uh, three of our regular guests. Um, that is uh, Vez, my mate. Hi. That is uh, Jason. Howdy. Hi, mate. And then uh, uh, obviously we have Christian, our friendly German. Hi, mate. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night, <Ja>, hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, tonight for the next. Well, let's say 60 minutes an hour, something like that. Uh, we will discuss uh, a variety of topics, but uh, mostly we will dive into um, uh, looking a bit back on the Maribor and the Huddersfield game, um, the players that we used and also that we didn't use and maybe one we would have liked to see. Um, Daniel Sturridge, in those games, scored twice, which was his 100 and 101st um, cl- uh, goal for a club so um, we're going to look at w- which one of those the for LFC that we like best because well we may have scored for others but who, who cares about that and uh, we will end the show with uh, a short preview of the West Ham game so guys uh, winning twice 3-0 in a pretty similar way if you look at the approach of both games and then I'm talking about the first uh, first half of the game and the second part um, um, is that really that different uh, have we seen something different Jason yeah I think so um, well I've I don't know if this is a deliberate strategy or not but earlier in the season it, it seemed apparent that we were coming out uh, very, very fast, trying to win the game very quickly, um, failing to score and then kind of being out of breath around about 60 or 70 minutes and uh, just kind of then trying to hang in and often either having to settle for a draw or or even losing. So um, it, it seems that we're going for a slightly more measured approach at the moment trying to control the game in the first half and tire out the opposition mm-hmm. and then um, hit them a bit harder on in the second half when uh, legs are starting to get and, and minds are starting to get a bit tired Yeah um, Christian, um, what do you thought are there any parallels to to, to the games apart from yeah. yeah, Huddersfield and Maribor yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, that's the most remarkable thing, and Jason, I think, is absolutely right on that one. So um, <laughs> I will take take this role in agreeing with everyone. Um, but this is really remarkable. We, 
it, it's it's obvious that that Klopp and Bubac have advised the players to use their skills, their technical skills, um, to keep in possession and and um, <clears throat> be more cautious in the build-up. Yeah, uh, keep possession, waiting for the opportunity. Um, and this is very much different to what we did in the past. In in uh, in the in the first games of the season, um, it was like a constant cavalry charge. And then we were running out of steam when we didn't get the results, the the the, the goals early on, and uh, then finally we were not even able to to put up um, uh, appropriate resistance, like uh, in the in the Leicester Cup game, where we totally dominated them, uh, almost played them off the pitch, didn't score goals, and in the second half we conceded two, and and uh, yeah, then we we didn't strike back. Um, so this this is really a, a different approach. This is in fact the plan B. Everybody has uh, has been waiting for, and uh, if this go continues, that could be a very valuable change. Yeah, uh, Fez, I wrote in the um, in the player ratings that I thought that we started very cautious, get a foothold in the game, and then crank up the pressure, put the pedal on. Um, that is more how we did it last season, I thought. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I have to be honest. Uh, I don't quite remember uh, the periods when we scored most goals last season. So, <laughs> so it's very hard for me to, to make that comparison at the moment. But I think Jason has... You know, wrapped it up beautifully. So, in other words, I agree. <laughs> with, well, with. Well, we should sell shirts saying that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> did, did you think that? Did you think there was a slight um, formation change as well? I noticed that um, Milner, uh, Emery, and um, Hendo were kind of both playing in a deeper role, and Milner was kind of floating around in front of them. Um, rather than our usual four-three-three formation. To be honest, well, I think. It, it, oh no, I think go, go on, ahead. go on. Yeah, uh, for the first two minutes of the game, um, I actually thought that we were playing three at the back because um, at that point, Clavon played really centrally and um, Jan dropped in really deep, and he tried to to keep doing that uh, time and again. Um, mm. Which I thought, in in overall, that was um, that was maybe a, a real different approach. Um, I think it's just personnel, really. Um, Milner has a bit of that roaming, so um, when you're playing like um, uh, when you're playing with with Chan and when all them, obviously Milner will be the one who will get the most mileage and and will um, you know move around the pitch um, the most and when Hendo came on for Wijnaldum um, well the most forward midfielder behind Milner um, so let's say the middle one um, he, he dropped in uh, or he dropped out so both Chan who started as a six and kept that mindset for a large period um, and Hendo who wanted to do all the necessarily um, uh, ball recycling so I, uh, 
I think it's more personnel based than actual setup. Don't think Klopp will will have drawn that on 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 the board if they still do that. Fez. Well, I think uh, when you have both Chan and Henderson on the pitch, uh, you can alternate. Uh, you can alternate efficiently, as opposed to when you have uh, Wijnaldum and Milner with one of those two. Uh, Ch- Chan and Henderson are both good at the number six position, so uh, you can see sometimes Henderson making a run going forward, even going wide to the right wing and trying with a few crosses from that wide position and Chan will hang back and cover for him. This is something that you get when you have those two on the pitch. Alright, Jason, does that answer your question? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm not... Um... I don't disagree or anything like that. I I think you're probably right. I mean, it's um, so you basically agree. I, I well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's it's hard to say whether um, whether Klopp is actually telling them to to change the approach or or whether you say it, it's just down to the personnel. But I think it makes sense because I'm I'm not entirely sure that Emre is comfortable in a more sort of sort of wide-ish number eight role uh, when we play the 4-3-3. I think he's more comfortable when he's a bit more central and can see either side of the pitch um, and a bit deeper. And I mean, it, it doesn't stop him getting forwards. I mean, you saw he made that um, uh, brilliant um, second goal along with, with Milner uh, from driving forwards. But I think generally he prefers to be sort of um, more central and deeper. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to agree with you as well on that. Uh, as terrible mm-hmm. as this this goes for a a, a real conversation show. <laughs> um, where's Where's the banter, lads? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's a it's a shame Keith isn't here, but um, he will be here uh, uh, with us uh, soon, I reckon. So you know, crank up the, the the banter and call us out for all the bullshit that we talk, uh, which is good, which is good, which is what we like. Um, six goals, um, and I think in total two shots on target. Were they poor, or did we make them look poor, or were we just incredible? What do you think, Chris? I think it's it's uh, <clears throat> the change in tactics, the more cautious approach, denies. And and then um, being very committed to to winning the ball back as soon or in case we, we lose possession, um, this uh, these two points together they work very much in our favor, uh, stabilizing the defense, not exposing them anymore that much. And um, I think those elite weaker teams they are really struggling with uh, with getting chances as as long as we follow that path. Um, it will be very interesting to see how that how um, we go on with that against West Ham, but if we follow that, this might be exactly that cha- tactical change we needed badly um, to make sure that we win the games we are supposed to win. 
I mean, uh, it was also interesting to, uh, to see, by the way, that, that uh, um, when there is no threat at all, um, even our central defenders move forward and participate in the attacking build-up, like Clavan. I've never seen him that far, far ahead on the pitch uh, so far, ever. Um, I mean, the usual um, getting into the box when there's a, when there's a set piece, for example, um, that's normal. But uh, aside from that, Clavan um, went very much forward or very far forward. Like I've never seen that before. Um, well, I, I, I've known him obviously from uh, the Eredivisie where he was this, this ball playing um, left-sided uh, defender and he played left-back for quite a long while. So I've seen him um, running up and down the uh, the pitch quite often, but uh, for us, he hasn't been that front-footed um, in, in, in most of the games. He's very comfortable on the ball, and for some reason, um, he, I don't know what it is with him, but um, I do think he's, um, he's, he's dealing with these type of games a lot more, um, even though don't think Huddersfield or um, or Maribor posed a real threat, but you know um, he's been outdone on, on pace and, and power um, a a couple of times, maybe uh, a bit more than that. And I think he's acquitting himself really well, at least in in the last two games, given the fact that he comes on and he gets the nod like two minutes before the game. And he's like, sorry, what? <laughs> you want me to play now? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right? No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, you can't expect like him flying into it and, and right after that mindset, you know, you, you, you do your warm up, but you don't do it as intense as when you're a starter. Um, stuff, stuff like that. So um, he seems, he seems kind of unflappable, doesn't he? Like, nothing really seems to particularly ruffle him. Um, yeah, it, but then again, the defense has not really been challenged in the last two games, has it? I mean, the um, the work of the guys in 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 front of them has has been really good in terms of keeping possession, and um, I think it's really important when we we do that that the the players stick at it because. Um, I think another thing we were doing earlier this season is wouldn't stick to the plan and when you're playing this really patient passing approach you can't just suddenly decide oh we're bored of doing this now let's lob the ball into the box or, or whatever and give the opponent an opportunity to counterattack against you you have to keep the pressure upon them yeah um in, in, in that sense, I think Milner plays a bit like uh, a poor men's Lallana, if you will, where he uh, runs a lot and he closes them down a bit more so their passes aren't as effective. Like if you look at the, the, the Newcastle one um, and, you, and you see how far away Wijnaldum is and, and, and maybe Henderson is um, from a, a, a total different position, obviously, but how far they're away... Um, when you look at how Milner closes them down or tries to be that, it isn't that an easy pass. And that makes just that few percentage uh, of a difference to get from a decent pass into, uh, well, 
not so great a pass, which is easier to to intercept if you can read the game like um, Martip and, uh, and 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 Klavan can do, obviously. So. I think it really helps in that sense, and I think um, if Lana gets back after the international break, um, yeah, he will need to find form. Yeah, he will need to find rhythm. Um, but it is great to um, to have him back and 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 do that exact same job. Anyone? Uh, yeah. So we absolutely need Millie at the moment, don't we? And it's really, really important. I think what he's doing. Yeah, um, and, and we need him for penalties as well because he he never misses. I love how, how he's playing, how he, he he's completely filling Lalana's shoes at the moment and mostly in that sense uh, popping up here and there, anywhere where he's needed. That's, that's something Lalana is usually brilliant at, but Milner is doing it. I mean, you we feel the lack of Lalana much less since Milner got back into the lineup. It's yeah, just, that's right. He's doing it great. Yeah, um, you know, it's 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 a bit more fluent with him. It's a bit nithing the midfield three, three, and and the front three together. And yeah, I know it's it's not been the the absolute best of opponents that we faced, but uh, you know, Huddersfield was good enough to uh, to beat United. So, hey, these were the games we were struggling with last year, aren't they? You know, the the teams who were sitting deep against us, um, uh, and conversely, we were brilliant against the top six last year. Whereas the the only games we've lost this year, I believe, have been against top six teams, right? City and correct, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, okay. and these these are simply teams that are absolutely flying. Yeah. yeah. And, and away from home as well. That was what, what I was going to say. I mean, uh, we, we need to bear in mind that both Manchester City and Tottenham are playing much better this season than, than they played last. So, at, at the moment, it's not that big of a deal to lose a game from them. I mean, okay, 5-0 is a bit steep, but with a player down and... Uh, we saw that Real Madrid can lose at Wembley to Tottenham Hotspur, so there's no shame. I believe there's no shame in, in that result, in the fact that we lost those two games. We, we were a player down against Spurs, weren't we? Yeah, we had Lovren. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, let's not look back that far. Uh, um, I kind of want to uh, move on from the, the three nils. Um, Looking at the time, I think we need to move on. Um, let's um, review Daniel Sturridge. 101 goals for clubs, uh, of which loads and loads for us, uh, the majority. Um, looking back, um, obviously, Chris, I, I, uh, you, 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 you came in late to the Liverpool love. Um, yeah. So you, you, you haven't seen... An, uh, a whole lot of Daniel Sturridge, at, at least not the electric electricity that he had with Suarez in that thirteen fourteen season and the, uh, the season before that, uh, after he came. Um, but what's your favourite <laughs> memory or favourite goal from from what you've seen? 
Uh, the absolute favorite goal for me from Daniel Sturridge was his uh, his stunner in the Europe uh, Europa League final again uh, at Basel. Um, that was a fantastic goal. And uh, okay, um, which with uh, the first half should have ended like that, and then the game should have been over. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was the second half to play. Uh, don't want to talk about that, but. This, that goal, all of a sudden, yeah, that was really a stunner, and uh, that was very impressive. Loved it. All right, I, I think I've um, put the entirety of that game somewhere in in a box called "Distant Memories." Let's forget. <laughs> so, when, when thinking of him, I mean, I mean, when you think about it, isn't it? Because he was um, that's a cup final, and you know, but. People talk about mentality and that sort of thing. It's difficult conditions to to score goals under, and if the if the team wouldn't have folded in the uh, second half the way they did, then we would probably all still be talking about that goal. Uh, good call, Christian. I've almost forgotten about it. Mm. I mean, I mean, Daniel Sturridge. Um, it, it is. It is very inter- interesting to see such a player who had s- such bad luck with injuries for such a long time. Any other manager would have sorted him out, dropped him, gone. And now he looks more lively than ever in the in the two and a bit years I've been following uh, LFC. So um, it's very good to see. It's not just a Moreno who has been resurrected. In fact, storage is, is better than ever in these two and a, two and a half or two and a bit years. And um, that's, that's, that's great to see. And uh, probably there's a bit more to come. Because, I mean, I mean, we have seen him against Huddersfield. He had very good, very good ratings. He has, we have seen him against Maribor. Very good ratings, although he came later on in this, in this game. Um, he's, he's putting up some sort of consistency. Yeah, he is. Um, well, if if you look back at, he was loads more agile um, back in thirteen fourteen. If if you look at a couple of those games where he basically dances through players and how he gets away from them, uh, absolutely incredible one of the best forwards I've ever seen and I've seen loads and I really think he's, he's one of the most silkiest of, of, of all of them mm. so um, it, he's he's different now and I think he'll grow into the poacher role a bit more I think he's a bit like us I mean when I when I listened to you all and last podcast was the same after a while I I couldn't I couldn't follow um, uh, the disappointments of uh, this this uh, season start has taken some toll on all of us, and we are not as we are all are not as agile as before. So we have to pull ourselves out of it, this this mess, and uh, yeah, step on the pedal, all of us, not just Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> yeah, good, cool, Chris. <laughs> no, but uh, I think Eric is right, though. I mean. Um... But before the pod, I just thought I would um, have a quick, quick look at some highlights of Sturridge um, on YouTube, and it was kind of 
a bit wow looking at the his his movement um as eric said was was just electric really he was really really quick and um he could change direction and everything so quickly um it's kind of yeah it's kind of sad to see in a way that um he his uh, physical decline because he's he's not that old he's only 28 but um hopefully as uh, as we as we've mentioned he can turn into more of that poacher role and i think he's showing some evidence of that at the moment um he's already got a few goals this season from mainly substitute appearances Yeah, the way he influenced uh, influenced the Leicester game. That was um, that was incredible what he did, and that was a bit of the Daniel Sturridge in the SAS, um, in the SAS game, um, or games, period, what you call it, um, where he drifted that wide, came back inside, um, dropped deep, um, hang about. On, on, on the shoulder of the last defender um, and putting pressure on them with, with smart movement and he did all that knowing that Luis did all that as well and and sometimes and, and obviously Luis did a bit more in the creation thing um, but it was threatening again and I think we haven't seen a threatening Daniel Sturridge for a long period of time um I was. We were uh, on 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 a WhatsApp group today, quite quite a lot really, <laughs> but um, we also discussed um, f- a short bit um, about the um, Lam- uh, Lambert and Balotelli period, and I think really recall. Yeah, I was going to use a, a very incredibly hard word for a, a non-English speaking, but. Um, I, I really remember that three-one thrashing of of Spurs um, with Sturridge being the absolute main man, with Sterling and um, and Balotelli around him. Three 0 um, wasn't it? Three nil or three one? I think. 3-0, I yeah, could, could be three nil. But the movement, the pace, the absolute readiness to to lead that line. Um, that was great and it was absolutely brilliant to behold and that's been missing for a couple of years and it, it seems to be getting back so the fact he's getting his goals in these short periods where he get game time I think that's uh, that's really good to see and also scoring an important goal you know, I don't think he'll be that that bothered by the 3-0 that he scores against Maribor but um, you know, unwrapping the gift Huddersfield gave him, um, that will delight him. That's where he's important, that where he breaks the deadlock. So going on, um Vez, most favourite goal or goals or top five, whatever you've got in store for us. Well, the West Brom chip I believe was his best piece of action I've ever seen. I mean that that was really really brilliant, uh, audacious 
above all. I mean, he took that ball on the left side. He was some 20 yards out. He was marked. He was surrounded by opponents. The goalkeeper was well positioned. And from that moment to, to even think about doing something as, as cheeky as that, I mean, it was brilliant. And he just threaded that ball above the, the keeper's hand and below the crossbar like threading the needle. I mean, it, it was perfect. I often wonder if a, a player like Messi could, could do something like that. It reminds me of the Grauf um, uh, chip that he scored in the first game. He got back into the game after he went bankrupt. And he, um, he made an incredible chip on, on the edge of the box. And, and he looked around saying, see, this is what I still can do at 38. I'm still miles ahead of you. And I thought that was a similar goal, a similar feeling that he gave. Like, you know, I am the silkiest one that will ever play in, in this shirt. At least he, he wants to give you that vibe, whether it's true or not. Um, that goal was, was magical. If, if you love football, everybody, if, if you love football, you love that goal. or anything no not really it's very hard to, to say as for the rest I, I love that assist he made for Mane against Leicester last season at Anfield that that back heel if you remember it was a long pass from Henderson from the middle and yeah. he right yeah. fantastic go. side yeah. just flicked it with his back heel across and Mane just finished it off. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Now you mention it, that was one as well. That's that's the beauty about 101 goals and, 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 and a shed load of assists. You can just keep thinking about, oh, yeah, he did that as well. Look, as for Daniel Sturridge, I mean, a few days ago he said something about uh, like he's ready to lead the line and, and stuff like that. Called himself healthy and ready, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me a lot of a few days after we sold Suarez. Uh, fans were worried. Media said Liverpool would get, you know, thrashed because they lost Luis Suarez and stuff like that. And he came out and said, "Okay, I'll, I'm here. I'll do it." And as the season started in that game against Spurs that you mentioned, he was really brilliant. I was impressed even by Balotelli. Alongside Sturridge. Wow. They, what? Tormented, they tormented Spurs in that game together yeah. and made it possible for Sterling to, to score that goal. Um, and uh, the second was, was a penalty, and the third was a brilliant sole goal by Moreno. Uh, but what I'm really trying to say that I, for one, believed what he said. And then that first international break and the first injury and 
well, that's when it all went downhill. Yeah, the boy effect. Yeah, that's why it's called the international break because it breaks our players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> it really, really, really I'm, broke him. It, it was that actually. Uh, Sturridge has has not been called up for England, has he, for the next set of internationals? Yeah. Actually, possibly. I think Southgate no, is. I think Southgate is experimenting here a lot. I mean, he's just trying to see what younger players can do. That's why he called up Abraham and and um, Loftus Cheek, I believe. So. Oh yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> when the first important game comes, Sturridge will be there. So, I don't think so. I don't. I don't agree with you on that. I mean, it's not our main topic in, on the on the agenda. But if he leaves them out for friendlies against two of the best teams in the world, that uh, is uh, definitely something different. They they are um, not in his say in his in his focus anymore. And um, that's my personal opinion. And um, I don't think uh, Sturridge or Oxford Chamberlain will play any any uh, any big role in the future in the near future under, under Southgate, which is fantastic for us. But that's my my personal. They they personal play role. they play throughout the qualifications, throughout the important games. They were always called up and they played. So yeah. And now I think it depends. I think it depends largely on their role for Liverpool, doesn't it? Friendly, and there's there's still a lot of time before the World Cup. So I think uh, Southgate is actually right to do so, to 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 try to see what younger players can do. Yeah, but 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 Kane and others <coughs> are in in the in the lineup, and Kane is, is a set striker. He's uh, he's in the focus of the media and everyone, and uh, he's the god of the world, etc. <coughs> well, when he stumbles against the goal, but. Um, Kane yeah. is obviously Kane is obviously going to be the first choice. I mean, if some horrible injury doesn't prevent him, I mean he is a terrific striker at the moment, one of the world's best, I believe. And this, that's this, why I would leave him out if so, I have two friendlies and I would like to do experiments. But but hold on, uh, <laughs> I mean, who would you ha uh, try to to picture yourself as the England manager? Who would you have as a backup to Kane, Sturridge or Loftus Cheek? Oh, it's it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's it's Tammy Abrahams. Or uh, Tammy, uh, I, I don't know, but I mean, I, I think I think for the benefit of the English football, it's really good that the guys like Gomez and Abrahams and Loftus Cheek, who are all in fine form, get these call-ups. You know, that is what you need to do. You need need to build on. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that fully. But uh, the English teams have won World Cup. World Cup and um, European yeah. Cup, so you you need to show them, all right, lads, and this is where you go from there. You know, the international call up isn't far away for players like that. The same as Ryan Brewster um, should get, you know, maybe more involved. Even even though that there's so many strikers in front of him, it's 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 really difficult. Denny Ings yep. can't get games. Solanke like can't said, get starts. Said, Even Daniel Sturridge finds... There's a lot of time. There's a lot of time between now and the World Cup. And if those youngsters fail to impress in that time, I'm sure Southgate will happily revert to, to players like Sturridge. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... Uh, I, I kind of agree with both Fares and Christian in a way, actually. I think there's a reason why... 
Sturridge and um, when, when you're looking to introduce new players to the England team there's a reason that Sturridge and Oxlade-Chamberlain are the ones to make way because they're not playing regularly for their club right they get substitute appearances whereas we, we've mentioned Kane and, and so on they they start every game for Spurs he's the the main man for England at the moment um, and, and, and rightly so I agree I, but I agree yeah absolutely but I agree with Vez as well that there's a long time to go um, if suddenly Sturridge turns into 13-14's Daniel Sturridge um, and Oxlade-Chamberlain starts putting in lots of assists for Daniel Sturridge <laughs> then uh, I'm sure they'll be they'll be back in the England fold well, I'm, I'm positive there will be. You know, in the end, it depends a bit on on how the season goes. You can see in in the very busy period lurking around the corner and really lurking around now. Sturridge will get loads of game time. So, um, and if he does well in 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 those games, you know, for him there's a World Cup around the corner as well. He's 28. This should be, and if he's a young young lad starting to realize okay i'm very very good i'm that good i could be england's main striker and then you go and look up when's the international tournaments around my age when do i need to peak this world cup is when you're 28 and 28 as a striker that means that you still got the youth the pace and the intelligence of a more experienced player but not the burden of, you know, uh, the senior players. So he would have said in the Euro 16, World Cup 18, Euros uh, 20 should be around my tournament. So he don't really want to 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 be involved in getting ready for uh, for this tournament. He'll be up for this, and that's good. That's a good thing for us. Yeah, I, I hope he can go. I mean, I'm, I know a lot of Liverpool fans that, that at this point in time, I'm glad he's not going to play for England because um, especially with the injury situation with Coutinho, Lalana, and Mane, I mean, that's a lot of our attacking creative threat taken away and he's he's really important to us at the moment. So the last thing you would want would be him to go and play international football and um, and pick up an injury, which which seems to happen particularly to the England players. But I I, I want our players to go and do well for the international teams because when you get into the conversation about who are the the world class players and who everyone remembers and things, you know, you you think of a Maradona or something like that, and it's when they go to the the World Cup and they're on that stage and everyone sees them it's exciting and I, I, I hope our players can do that and get that sort of confidence yeah me too at the same time I'm extremely happy that um, most of our players are not fit enough to travel for the next international games um, but will be getting ready for the games after that So that is good news. Um, 
on uh, the Daniel Sturridge's goals. Um, Jason, have you mentioned your top? No, I haven't yet. Um, I'm going to go for a similar one to Vez, actually. But uh, my favourite, and you know, we, uh, is against Everton, um, and it's uh, another chip. But this one, he he's kind of he he kind of looks like he doesn't know what's going on around him. So he's got his back to goal. He's got a goalkeeper closing in on him. He, do, he doesn't even look around to see where the goal is. And it's another one, as Fez said earlier, it's cheeky, it's outrageous, and he just sort of... He, he just suddenly, out of nowhere, as the ball comes towards him, hooks it towards the goal, over the top of the approaching goalkeeper and into the net. It was, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And just the, the sort of thing that he had the confidence to do um, in that season. All right. I've actually constructed a top five with goals that I could all find very well. Look at you, his, his best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually done my homework. Um, Come on, life. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a week a week off work, so I've got time. Uh, um, it, it, it's two goals against Everton. Um, I, I fondly remember. Um, the 3-3 at Goodison where um, Joe Allen could have made his mark his stamp on, on his Liverpool career um, but failed to didn't to, to do so and then Daniel Sturridge just returned from injury, got a couple of minutes, comes on and heads in this corner with this very very cheeky uh, cheeky goal and, and he scores a 3-3 to, to you know nullify all Lukaku's hard work bettering us so I love talking about that goal and I love talking about that entire game it's absolutely brilliant um, because it, it had everything that you want from a derby um, the other one is the 5-1 route or 5-0 not sure I think 5-1 um, route that we gave him um, when John Stones was absolutely annihilated um, in, in his early career uh, he played right back and Sturridge had him had him on toast all night um, so I really love that um, and, and, and that's the chip where he's so cool so silky it's, it's one of the smoothest goals you will ever see um, it was Burke Campish and well everything about that goal I really 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 like um, then there's obviously um, the West Brom chip which was um, yeah, simply brilliant um, but the goal that I found the most interesting or that was a realisation that he was absolutely something special or could become something absolutely special was the uh, Men's City goal where he controls the ball about 25 yards 30 yards away from the goal and basically from standing still he hits that ball with so much pace that Hart has no option no single chance to ever stop that and it goes in low it goes in hard it goes in almost in the middle of the goal and it was unstoppable and I thought that was absolutely... 
He was scoring that all was the, his, that the, was in the, his the, early period for Liverpool, right? When he he pretty much just joined and he didn't celebrate. Is that, is that yeah, the one? Yeah, that, that's yeah, the one where yeah. he doesn't celebrate because yeah. well, he's a he's a City Academy graduate, so um, I thought that was nice. So that um, goal kind of kind of faded out for me because uh, I believe the second one was a world class thirty something yard volley from Stevie. Yeah, I think so too. It was a was a well, that's a good game to watch again, um, and obviously there's the um, uh, the Villa goal where he um, it was I think one of that was beautiful. That was one beautiful. of one of Rogers' last games, I think, actually, yeah. where um, where he came out after the game and he said, "Well, if, if if you give me the tools, I can do it." And and all he meant was I I, I needed a mobile striker for a large period of my time here and I didn't have one you gave me Balotelli to work with and it was absolutely dead right in that sentence um, and Daniel Surridge is one of the finest tools that you can get but the int- the entire build up to that goal is absolutely magnificent with the um, you know, there's, I think there's two one twos in there and then he blams it with the outside of his boot and he blames it low, hard in the far corner. And I'm not even talking now about the 6-1 route to Southampton where he scores two. And where he's one, where he stands. And the defender is in front of him. The goalie's in front of him. And he just curls it around and puts it where nobody can, can reach it. So <laughs> there's so many good goals that he, that he scored. A bit um, like that. That uh, goal against Seville in, in the Europa League final. Yeah, that and as well. So you let, him, you let him take the ball and turn towards goal, and uh, he's in the box. Well, 90, 90% the chances are he's going to score. He proved that time and again. Yeah. So, uh, this is... Uh, well, well even this... Even this goal he, he just scored against um, Maribor, it's just, that's, that's a pure, you know, that, that's what a striker can do when, when they're on the pitch, you know. Um, the, the ball just drops to a striker, doesn't it? And he, he hits it hard as well. I, li- I like that. It's a good goal. Yeah, he actually showed Salah how he's, how he's done because Salah had two good chances that just like that, just fell for him in the first half and he couldn't score. But Salah seems to be an absolute magnet for chances, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, yeah. he scored one. There was the header he should have scored. Um, really good cross from Moreno. Uh, but he, yeah, he seems to be uh, have that, at least that striker's instincts to be in the, in the right place at the right time. He makes perfect runs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fully in agreement there. Um, so let's hope that um, Salah keeps on scoring like this. And uh, by the time next year we can uh, have a talk about um, Salah's 50 uh, first goals for us. And which one did we like best. Um so that was the part of the Daniel Sturridge appreciation. Um, I want to move on and look forward to um, oh the game this weekend. Uh, we're going to play the Tories of London, the absolute shit house that is called West Ham. Um, 
and they are due for a serious, serious pounding for quite a while now. Um, Billich has had his his uh, game that saves his career for a couple of weeks that Jason loves talking about. Um, he's got the game. He, he won against Spurs in a in a, a horrible Carabao fucking cup. Um, <laughs> On, on on the team news, we don't have Coutinho, we don't have Lalana, we don't have Klein, we don't have Wijnaldum as as things are looking now. Um, who else do we miss? Mane is back in full training, but not. Um, I don't think he'll be ready. He might be on the bench. Gomez had a slight knock. Lovren is quite likely still out injured. Um so um, the lineup will be very much similar to what we've seen uh, against Maribor, I think. Um, any anyone else disagrees on that? Nope. Well, I could imagine that that you know, that's that's probably probably starts this time again. <clears throat> yeah, go on, Chris. Last West Ham game where we won four nil, by the way. So another thrashing would be nice, but. <clears throat> we have already fulfilled your wish in summer and um, by spring. It's not enough. I really dislike him. It's it's not enough. <laughs> so and, and Sturridge started in that game and, and uh, opened the score opened the scoring and uh, maybe he starts again. Yeah. Uh, let's hope for that. Um do any of you see Daniel Sturridge start over Firmino or Oxlade or Salah? Yeah, I think um, that's one of... Well, that's... I, I would say the only real options that we've we've got at the moment to change things are probably... Um, I suppose he could bring Gomez back, couldn't he, for um, Trent? Um, yeah, I kind of think that is a given... Well, it depends yeah. on, on, on Gomez's fitness but I uh, yeah. you'd have to think that um, he's very cautious with uh, with Trent and not play him in, in, in the league when he doesn't absolutely need to be I feel like I keep saying at the moment he can't drop Trent because he was so good in the last game but then I think I said fairly recently we can't drop Gomez because he was so good in the last game so I think they've uh, <laughs> I mean, they've made them the, the odd mistake, those two, but um, the youngsters, I think they've done fantastically well playing it right back this year. Personally, I think it makes more sense to play Trent than Gomez because he has a knock, he has that international call-up after that, so I think it makes sense to, to give Gomez some time to heal properly and get 100% fit. The beauty is we have the options. Yeah. You realize that? We're yeah. Wondering about what what club will be doing next, and this is very much a change to to last season, a positive change. Yeah, I thought last season he had a couple of options as well, and he just never really used them. And I'm not talking about the January where we had um, six players out injured as well, and um, and we had no option. And that is the beauty of, of this season, if you think, yeah, we don't have any depth. Just look at who we've been missing. Who are we missing now? I, I just listen to them. 
that is a couple of absolute starters. Mane Coutinho, um, Klein, Lalana. That's four starters. Lovren, fifth starter. Whether he's in fine form or not, and, and maybe, you know, if all five of them are fit, they're very, very likely to start a game. And that's what we've been missing in the last season. We had as well. And this time around, we're not that bothered, that big. Because, as uh, Klopp said earlier, uh, um, having Moreno this good means we have Milner as an extra midfielder. And that is absolutely showing. We, we laughed a bit about it by that time. Like, oh, he's like a new signing. Um, but he has proven to be something similar like that. So that's pretty good. Um, on West Ham um, the news is that Antonio is out injured uh, with a hamstring um, maybe he's taken out of the limelight a bit after he uh, didn't hold up the ball near the penalty uh, or not near the corner flag and he gave it away so that uh, uh, they eventually conceded in the other end um, and he took full flack for that which I thought, to be honest, was bullshit because, yeah, he loses the ball there. There's still the entirety of the pitch to cross and there is still 10 other players to beat. To be fair, although they... Uh, did anyone watch the highlights of that game? I um, just watched the last goal because of the... Yeah, I, I, actually, I, I actually watched Match of the Day because... Uh, it's for the first time in ages I felt like there was a Liverpool <laughs> result worth watching match of the day. Um, but uh, yeah, the um, uh, so I saw the highlights of that game, and um, although West Ham went two 0 up, they they were very lucky to be in that position. I thought Crystal Palace looked by far the better team um, because what you see, Ayu's goal, for example, comes out of nowhere. Um, whereas Crystal Palace had already hit the bar a couple of times and Hart had made some really, really good saves as well. And uh, they, they, yeah, they, they still concede two goals. So I think they are the most unpredictable team in the Premier League. You never really know what you're going to get from them, um, especially because we don't know whether Sullivan and Gold have threatened uh, Pillage with the sack before. <laughs> the game so depending on that outcome we, we'll see which West Ham turns up mm -hmm. but we have to make it so that it doesn't matter and I think if we're playing that patient passing game if we don't let them have the ball I think eventually they'll fold I think so too um, so next to Antonio not being available um, it's also a no-go for Byram, for Fonte and Collins. Sabaleta suspended, so he won't be there. And then uh, Reed and Cresswell um, are expected back fit. And I, I, I absolutely love Aaron Cresswell. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm not that happy that he's fit for the upcoming game. I, I would have liked him to be very, very, very fit for the next game after that. Um, have a great international break and then come back fit and firing but um, as it seems he will play uh, against us um, 
So they're having lots of issues at the back because they've got two right backs in in Byram and and, and Zabaleta. They're both out. Antonio, who's played right back or, or right wing back last season a lot, unavailable. Um, can't play Fonte. Can't play Collins. So um, there are shambles at the back, and that might either prove to be very very good for them or very very bad. Um, I like wonder to... if you switch Salah over to that side, could really um, roast their their right back. That's one of the most evilest things I've ever heard, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and and then having having the delight of seeing Mane return for uh, ten to fifteen minutes, and just say. Thanks, Mo. Um, do you want to go to your right, or do you just want to take a shower? Because we've we've, we've got this man I led who, who can also run really really fast and take on take on right backs like like they don't exist. Uh, <laughs> well, that's something I actually want to see when Mane comes back. The um, clock uses that doesn't always feel the need to play both of them at the same time because if you can, I mean, Salah has caused problems for so many players already. Uh, I mean, the, the City game stands out, for example, where um, he, he had Otamendi in all kinds of trouble. Um, and you can imagine if 70 minutes in, it's like, oh, let's take Salah off now. And the poor centre-back or whoever is like, oh, phew. <laughs> and then uh, on comes Mane, who's so explosive. It would just, I would really like to see that. <clears throat> yeah, in an me evil too. kind of way. Yeah, yeah, in, in, in the most delightful, evilest of ways. Um, so I want score predictions. What do you think it'll be, uh, Jason? Yeah, it's it's kind of hard, isn't it? Because it's um, like I said, West Ham are really unpredictable and uh, looking at us this season, we have been fantastic at home and not so good away from home all of our most of our goals are conceded away from home aren't they um i think just one outfield but west ham look like a horrible shambles at the moment and i i I say if we if we play the way we have in this sort of measured controlled way that we have in the last couple of games then i'm going to go for a comfortable uh 0-2 0-2 to us. Okay, 0-2. I like the sound of that. Um, Christian? Yeah, my predictions are always shite. So, uh, last time I predicted a very tight win by the skin of our teeth against Huddersfield. Um, well, I, I should not go with a routine. Let's say a, a standard result, 3-0 to us. And uh, Minule will miss from the spot. <laughs> 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 yeah, scoring a penalty would would actually be nice for a change. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who filling in goal while he's gone up for the uh, for the penalty? <laughs> it's gonna have to be Milner, isn't it? <laughs> it has to be Milner. There's there's no yeah, gonna be... <laughs> there's no alternative to that. Um, well, maybe Martip, and if he lies down, we only need to raise him, and he just covers the entire uh, entire goal. Um, because he's tall. 
not my best joke. I'm sorry for that. Um, Vez, your score predictions? I'm going to go with Jason. 0-2. <laughs> uh, I think there can be no excuses for us uh, regarding this game. We need these three points. West Ham are a shambles at the moment. They are very poor form. And about what Jason said about us conceding most of the goals away from home, well, yeah, but if you look at the opposition, I mean, we conceded five against City, we conceded four against Tottenham, and uh, we conceded three against Watford, but even Watford are overperforming at the moment. Is it two against Leicester as well, I think? Yeah, two against Leicester, yeah. Yeah, two, two against Leicester as well. It's definitely, I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting thing if you look at our home and away form this season. I mean, we've conceded... There's a weird thing about our defence. We've conceded, I think, only two goals at home. And how many goals? One. We've conceded one at home. Yeah. Look, just one at home. Just one. The point is, the point is, none of those teams are as symbolic right now as West Ham. And we need to take advantage of this. We need yeah. to need these points. We cannot afford to drop these points. No. We need to, to make their misery more painful. I really, I really liked something Klopp said uh, in one of his press conferences uh, a while ago now, but it made me laugh. And he said, um, "It it makes me angry the the thought that the the other team wants our points. These are our points. We, you know what I mean? And uh, I think that's the way the team the team has to be. They have to be angry and want to go and not let not let West Ham have the points. Exactly. Yeah." yeah. Okay, um, thank you very much. I believe we will win 1-3 uh, um, because we play at home, so we won't have a clean sheet. Um, <laughs> and, and I think um, a former United player will score and a former City player will produce a horror show. Um, Talking about former United players, can we just... I mean, have a minute of appreciation of Everton. For no, no. Let's start with Patrice Evra, the lion <laughs> cunt. Yeah, the the lion cunt got sent off today. Before the game started. <laughs> Before the game started. Um, as substitute. Yeah, yeah. He was named as a substitute, and he was sent off before the game started. <laughs> and, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He 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 did a cantina and a bicycle kicked a, a fan. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's a horrible, um, he's a horrible human being, and um, we are going to end the show by congratulating Everton on, f well, actually making it to top four top, in Europe. Four. <sighs> Congrats there should, across the pitch. Should we give them a round of applause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top four, absolutely brilliant. How did they manage that? Nobody will ever know. Um, and with that, I uh, thank you very much for listening, guys, and we will be. Uh, back very soon cheers i want to follow where she goes i think about her and she knows it i want to let it take control because every time that she gets closer she pulls me in enough to keep me guessing Start confessing, confessing. Yeah. Oh, I've been shaking. I love it when you go 
Says that she's never afraid. Just picture everybody naked. She really doesn't like to wait. Not really into hesitation. Pulls me in enough to keep me guessing. Oh, and maybe I should stop and start confessing. Shaking. I love it when you go crazy. You take all my inhibitions. Baby, there's nothing holding me back. You take me places that tear up my reputation. Manipulate my decisions. Baby, there's nothing holding me back. Too far, I know we'd be alright. I know we would be alright if you were by my side and we stumbled in the dark. I know we'd be alright. I know we would be alright. Cause if we lost our minds and we took it way too far, I know we'd be alright. I know we would be alright if you were by my side. We stumbled in the dark. I know we'd Yeah. <laughs> 